Welcome to season four. Welcome to season four of this most unbelievable podcast. We open season four with a confession. We don't have a plan. We have no idea what's going to show up. Our podcast and every season is our place of invention. It's where we go to think and learn with each other and to open dialogue with our listeners. We look forward to another season of brainstorming and surrendering to what unfolds. Thanks, y'all. Now on with the show. Good afternoon, Sherry. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm well. I'm Does well. it feel like it's been a long time since we pushed the buttons? Uh, it, it does. It does. It has felt... I'm even trying to get my own voice back. Um, it has felt like it's been a little while. Yeah. Because it, it has. It I has. Think. Been, it was a week there. We didn't record anything. Right. And so much has transpired since we lasted... That we now have to wish our listeners a happy new year. Yeah, a happy new year. So um, we're still squeezing the last little juice out of 2020 here as we record here. What is it, the 30th? It is the 30th. Um, and this will drop on the 5th. Is that what yep. we said? Mm-hmm. Um, so happy new year. Happy folks. new year, y'all. Um, and Cherry, I'll wish you a happy new year a little bit later. But it's not the new year yet, so I can't. Right. No, I understand. I but I resolve, a- I resolve that I will. Yes. All right. Well, it will be my intention to also wish you a happy new year when it comes. Yes. Yeah. So that's it. So yeah, we're at the we're at the uh, at the tail end of this 2020 business, you know. And um, I guess one way to think about it is that's one way to think about it. You know, we're at the tail end of a calendar year. Mm-hmm. You know, and we we'll get into this a little bit more as we go through. But uh, it's good to be back on the on the mixer. It's good to be back at the at the microphone with you yeah um, kind of feels like a fresh start it did yeah we didn't record last week we did we doubled up the week before yeah so this is the what the third, third time since third. we started the podcast that we've taken a week off from recording yeah yeah so we did it once the second week I'm ever sorry. yeah yeah we took sort of a week off for but... my anniversary where i was like uh sorry i'd rather hang out with a different dude yeah and last week. Last week. For the the Christmas holiday. For the Christmas holiday. And um I'm pretty convinced now. I mean the first the first one really doesn't count too much because it's like I don't think at the time we knew that we were committed to doing a weekly <laughs> weekly <laughs> podcast. I was like, yeah, back. right. We didn't have a history to to try to maintain or anything like that. Um and then uh the second one for your anniversary. Yeah, and we did, I think at the time we felt a little bit of throat clearing afterwards just to get back in the in the, in the the zone of it. But this one I'm pretty confident. It's like falling off a bike at this time. Oh, yeah. Let's get right I, back on. It'll be good. In some ways, I think at this point we only take weeks off when we, one or the other of us, is in a hotel space where it would be unkind to our right. spouse to be right. like, right. if you could be real quiet real quick, <laughs> because that's the problem with hotels, right? Yeah. Like. You know, yeah. for our anniversary, like I could have been like, "Hey, Eric, if you'd kindly hang out in the bathroom quietly for, an for a hour. couple hours, for a couple hours, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's just that's that'd be great." Yeah. So yeah, um, uh, but yeah, so we're we're getting one in before the official clock flips over to twenty one. So mm-hmm. cool, here we yeah. are, we're back. 
So what do you typically do? Like, how do you honor or observe the coming of a new year? I don't even know. I mean, we, um, this is something that you and I were talking without recording a little bit last (laughs) week. Uh, What are, what are these holiday rituals that we do? And um, I was offering that. I don't think I have any because I'm always traveling somewhere. And then you so wisely offered, well, it sounds like traveling. (laughs) So I don't know if I remember being in the same place uh, twice over the last couple of couple of years anyway when we were kids growing up we had some some ritual though mm-hmm. uh, when we were kids and uh, this is back when uh, Dick Clark was doing the ball drop in you know, New Year's Rock and Eve back in, uh, in in Times Square and we were in the central time zone so uh, it was already an hour past in the East Coast when uh, when we got around to it. And there would be, uh, we, we bought foods that we would never eat mm-hmm. other times of the year. Uh, pizza rolls made an occasion. Oh, Totino's? Pizza roll? Is that what they were? Tostinos? Tostinos? I don't know what it was. Pizza rolls were purchased once a year. For the New Year For the New Year. and. Uh, I, I recall a couple of this is back in the seventies and eighties, right? I recall a couple of two year two liter bottles of of soda breaking out, mm-hmm. you know. But that's back when I could drink something like that after after six and still sleep. Um, <laughs> there might have been like actual pizza, like a frozen pizza that got cooked or something. But my mom, being a nice you know Swiss German descended person as she she was had some heritage things that she would do that mm-hmm. i still absorbed that i really do enjoy that uh <laughs> there are strange things in the refrigerator right now that people might be curious about one of them is a jar about two-thirds of the way eaten of uh, pickled herring because mm. that is a traditional new year's offering that one enjoys right i mean have you heard of that I like pickled not. herring okay yeah no. so evidently my mom and my grandmother and her whole family. It's like this, this traditional, I don't know if it's like a traditional cultural thing or if it's like a traditional thing in their house. Uh-huh. Hold? I don't know. I, I guess I could Google it. I just haven't. And my mom would eat um, pickled herring on a, on a piece of white bread, almost huh. like a sandwich on New Year's Eve. I don't remember if it was New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. And uh to this to this day around the new year i think oh man pickled herring that's going to be great and uh we used to be able to get it at costco um the only time they would ever carry it is I swear around you new are year's. a walking costco commercial i know on, i know if they'd like to sponsor us we are taking <laughs> uh sponsorships for this podcast if you'd like to reach out we'd be happy to listen have a conversation um uh, but used to, I, I have gotten it in the past at Costco. We we went a little while ago. I don't know if it's because it was too early that they didn't have it because it was still early December. And the only time you've ever seen it is is around New Year's. Aldi's. Aldi's huh. is where I found it. Um, and Safeway didn't have it. And Giant didn't have it. And Costco didn't have it. And on a whim, it's like I haven't been to an Aldi's in probably 20 or 25 years. Huh. Because we actually had one close to our house when we were growing up in St. Louis. For I thought there was an Aldi's everywhere. It turns out not quite. And who knew they were going to be trendy? Um, and uh, we were kind of over by one. And I haven't been to an Aldi's in a while. Let's go in. And there in front of me in the refrigerated section was a whole rack of pickled herring. And wow. A gasp was... <gasps> 
you know, it's a good Did sized jar. Did it feel jar. like it was glowing when you looked at yeah, it? Yeah, like, you know, and it tastes exactly like it used to. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, it's like, man, mom always used to buy all these pickled herring. That's where she got it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I have not waited until the new year. To enjoy that product, so the uh, the goal was not to to have someone on New Year's Day. The goal was to have some left by New Year's Day. <laughs> You're pretty <laughs> and, close. One day, yeah, to go. pretty close. So it's like I, I'm I I think I'll make it. I think I'll make it's about a probably about a half of the jars left. But yeah, yeah pickle herring. Who knew? Hide it. Yeah, yeah. She might have to. Um, so funny. Good yeah. Stuff. Um, so that was a that was a I don't know if I I didn't even think about it as a as a tradition though. It was just something that my mom did that you know I was like yeah, I'll have some herring. But now yeah. that I'm older and you know my mom has since passed away. It's been that was a long time ago in a galaxy far far away. Those days, um, I mean, of the six people that we were with in that house celebrating those traditions, there's two of us left yeah. on this earth. There's two of us left, and that. Uh, certainly changes one's perspective of tradition. Mm-hmm. I think when four of the, you know, you went, you, you buried four of the people that you were doing these traditions with changes things. And um, so now I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. we're usually traveling somewhere. I think we try to stay up till midnight. Uh, I think most of the times we do, but I think on a couple of occasions that I recall, we didn't, it's like, oh, I'm going to bed. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's interesting because, Growing up in my house, like, my parents almost always had, like, a very large New Year's party, like, every single year. Yeah. And they invited, like, everyone we know. Um, and I've, I think I was a strange child in a lot of ways. Um, one of the things that was true about me as a kid is that when I was ready for bed, I would just tuck myself in and peace out, like, I'm done. Yeah. So they would often on New Year's Eve, like, find me in my bed, like, asleep. Like, I would kick my friends out of my room and be like, see ya, I'm going to bed. Um, But they always had this New Year's party. And it, you know, I think they might have been potluck, but, like, there were certain things, like, my yeah. mom would buy like the little sausages and like throw yeah, them in the Vienna sausage or the, uh, yeah. And like with a whole jar of like barbecue sauce. Um, and they just overcook all day. Little smokies, um, little smokies. Yeah, in yeah. Crock pot, yeah. Like we we called them like some sort like little weenies or something like that, like something real classy. Yeah. Um, and like I think my dad would always make like frozen uh, daiquiris, like strawberry daiquiris, mm-hmm. every year, uh, and you make virgin ones for the kids. Um, yeah, of course. But it, this was like always the thing, like every year, New Year's Eve huge crowd at the house and you know growing up my mom would say that my dad really counted on having the party and then my dad's would say that my mom counted yeah. on the party like i don't know who really wants to have this party anyway. who who That's... the party was really for <laughs> but it was just something they always did um, both thinking why the hell are we having this party every year yeah <laughs> it's like, a lot of work and it's more trouble than it's worth right like it was always it was always a big to do um and <sighs> The last one that I attended um, was 20 years ago. Hmm. Um, and one of the reasons I remember this is because um, in 2000, I broke up with a, a boyfriend of three years hmm. on like, well, the math here doesn't work out. Um, at, on a particular day, I broke up with a boyfriend 
on a different particular day, I started dating my husband. Right. But the timeline was so condensed, uh, let's say, that um, both of these individuals had at some point come to understand that there would be a party at my house on New Year's Eve. Right, right. And so they both decided that they would come to that party early uh, on the day of New Year's Eve. Um, So one of the things that I remember about the last New Year's Eve party at my parents' house that I went to was at like five o'clock in the afternoon, sitting on the couch between like my ex-boyfriend and my now boyfriend uh, with my dad sitting next to us, all watching What About Bob? And thinking, how the hell did I end up here? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to get me here? Yeah. To rethink so, this um, a little bit. Yeah. So Eric and I still sort of shiver like every time we see that movie. Like, oh, those were the days. It was a funny film. But yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. rough. Um, yeah. I remember my dad. He, I mean, the, he didn't get crazy off. And occasionally he would put a micro dose of vodka or something in a huge thing of Mountain Dew and New Year's might have been one of those. I remember the occasional glass of wine at Thanksgiving or an anniversary dinner or something like that, but it was a box, you know, yeah. and it was probably from last leftovers from the previous year or something like that. Yeah, we just uh, we just kept it tight. I mean, I don't, I don't remember ever going to somebody else's place for a New Year's party when we were growing up, but nor did we want to. We had pizza rolls and pickled herring. I mean, what's somebody else going to have that that we didn't? We didn't do little Smokies. Uh, my wife did. You know, she has mm-hmm. she has tales of of a crock big crock pot. There was something else too. Those little weird kind of rye bread pizzas. You know, those, those little square of rye bread and has some topping on it that is vaguely mushroomy pizza. Do you know what I'm mm, talking about? I'm not sure. If I, I keep do. trying to describe this thing, and people always give me the same look. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? The look it's I'm like, currently maybe it's a St. Louis thing. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a St. Louis thing. Huh. Um, but it was like those little rye, you know, the, those little rye loaves that are used for like uh, crudite or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I can picture and those. And yeah. some like uh, ground beef huh. stuff, like pizza with, with pizza sauce was kind of mixed in and put on top of it with some cheese and they were baked and they were like super good, but... I've never seen them anywhere outside of St. Louis, so it might have just been like a South St. Louis region. Yeah, I don't thing. think we have these things in Virginia. Yeah, but we yeah, did we have the really pizza rolls. Uh, yeah, we, we never really, we didn't do we pizza didn't rolls for sure. Um, yeah, and um, I guess actually there was one year growing up that my parents didn't have a party because my dad's band played a New Year's party. Oh, cool. Uh, so we stayed home. Um and Just because point. your dad goes plays at a party doesn't mean you can't have the party while he's gone. Right? Well, so <laughs> that, that particular year, know. my brother and I celebrated uh, New Year's more the speed of how I typically do today, right, which is that prefer. it was just my brother, uh, his best friend, Nathan, and uh, me, and we played Scategories. Yeah. Rip cool. Roaring, uh, which Nathan and I were quite good at. Um, I believe that was also the night that my brother threw the Scategories dice at Nathan's face. Wow. Yeah. So um, one of the finer moments. So yeah, yeah. to Nathan, I'm still sorry. That'll bring out the worst in us. That's mm-hmm. for sure. So that was the only time you can really remember when you didn't have this blowout at the. Yeah. Yeah. Every other year. I, it was just. Yeah. At the Lemire household. Wow. Yeah. Um, but now like Eric and I struggle to stay up till midnight like every now and then we'll we'll um 
make plans as though we're people that like to do things. Right. But, but to be clear, we're not. No, um, no, so like one year regret. we bought yeah. uh, tickets to see Spoon on New Year's Eve. And we were so excited to cancel those plans yeah. and stay in our pajamas. It's more enjoyable to have the tickets and cancel them than it is to actually go to the thing itself. It's like, yeah. hey, let's buy some tickets and then cancel. I mean, that's almost a Spiegel family tradition great. at this that point, right? Like we uh, we did it for Christmas Day. We we had plans. We bought tickets. We right. even got in the car. And then we like eventually look at each other and say, you know what I would really enjoy right now? Yeah, something Pajamas. Else. Yeah, something else. Oh, you say I have a hard time staying till midnight. I mean, if, if it's 11, you know, I'm out past my, uh, past the witching hour a little bit. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see this year. I'll, I, I, who knows? I mean, maybe we'll I'll swing by Safeway and pick up some pizza rolls for old time's sake. I already got the pickled herring. Yeah, you're all set. You know, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Sounds cool. Um, what else did we do? Yes, yeah, since, since then, though, you know, since going to college and since moving out and since then, you know, it just seems like some little bit of trying to stay up till midnight and with a with a tight group and or an individual or two or three and, you know, watching the ball drop and uh-huh. going to bed and waking up the next morning and doing it again. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of it. And then we start another year, right? Yeah, we start another year. So, and when we start these other years, uh, we are tempted oftentimes to commit ourselves to things. It's true. Oftentimes related to self-improvement. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> Let's um, come up with a thing that you like the least about yourself and then promise you're not going to do it for a year. Yeah, the dreaded yeah. the dreaded resolution. So did you make any promises to yourself last December 31st, 2019? Oh God, I don't even know where I was. I know I was in St. Louis at the time. You were. I was visiting my family. Yeah, I was visiting my family. Um Well, as meaningful as it might have been, if I did, I don't remember it. You know uh one thing that we did do last year on New Year's was we said, I don't remember which one of us said it to each other, but we were like, let's find some trouble to get into together. Yeah. So, well, we certainly that cheers was to an that. intention we kept, Paul. Certainly did that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if the, any statement was made as formal as for my New Year's resolution this year, I'm going to, and, uh, yeah, I'm only thinking back. It's like if I did do that, I have done that before. You know, I have I have made a New Year's. Didn't resolution Didn't you try to before. give up forks once? Yeah, that was the year before, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was the year before. So the year before, and I successfully gave up forks. So, um, and we can talk about that in a little bit about because I remember one of our friends offered. That's stupid. That's all he said. <laughs> it's like. Why'd you give a fork? That's stupid. I'm like, well, I have my reasons. It might be stupid for you, but it wasn't stu- stupid for me, sir. Um, <laughs> Perhaps like, we so can stupid. approach one another with curiosity and less judgment. Yeah, and less judgment. But it was ju- judgment from the from the gate. Um, yeah. There was another one I made a couple of years ago that I did keep, that I remember keeping. And I think I have made one this year coming up, and we'll get to that a little bit Ooh. later on as well. But I don't think I did last year. I don't know. 
And yeah. it might have been something stupid, like, I'm going to visit my family more often. And it's uh-huh. like, well, never mind. So um, I'm not going to be in, you know, I'm not going to suffer through a global pandemic this year. I, I don't know. It might have been something that was completely waylaid and therefore I just sort of ditched it in March. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, I sort of shifted how I started approaching New Year's resolutions because, you know, I think New Year's resolutions are practically like a, pra- like they're an old joke at this point, right? Yeah. Like, right. oh, the gym's going to be packed gym, in January because yeah. everybody's yeah. going to be losing 15 pounds, training for a marathon, becoming their better, brighter self, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to work out. I'm going to fit into my wedding clothes i'm gonna go back to my high school and see if i can fit into my high school jeans oh my god i'm so glad i gave away my wedding dress because that that was such a stupid thing to care about (laughs) um yeah so um at some point like i started realizing that when people started talking about new year's resolutions i wanted something that i could offer to that conversation that was not related to the shame that I inherently that we all inherently carry yeah, around right. about who we are, right? Like Right, right. So in a conversation about New Year's resolutions, I don't actually want to point to my flaws. Um mm. so I decided that I was going to uh and you know all about this. Um I was going to make re- New Year's resolutions that I knew I could keep mm-hmm. and that would bring me more joy. Mm-hmm. Um so one year, my New Year's resolution was to pet more dogs. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, I remember uh, that. And so I killed at that. And then yes. one year, it was to give more high fives. And that one was magical. It was before COVID, obviously. Before COVID, But yeah. it was magical because every time you tell somebody, my New Year's resolution is to give more high fives, they always offered yeah, they always, me a high yeah. five. It yeah, totally. Um, and so I... And, you know, I told all my classes, like, my New Year's resolution is to give more high fives. So I'm going to give you lots of high fives this semester. Yeah. Um, and then this year, it was just to dance more. Mm. And did I did that, you, like, did you, yeah. at home with no one else. Or <laughs> when I made this intention, Eric was like, does that mean I have to dance with you? <laughs> <laughs> he gets his own resolutions. Right? Optional, sir. It depends so on instead, what I just is, dance if, around him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. If his if his resolution was to be a supportive and participating partner, then yes, you do. Exactly. <laughs> he does get to. Exactly. He does yeah. get to. So and so all of those have been joyful, and they're also conversation starters, not conversation enders. Right. And I appreciate right. that about conversation around intention. The, there's no shame associated with those topics. No, there isn't. Um, mine oh, sometimes they do seem to run a little bit more down the food and ingestion sort of category, right? Because I did last year, not not this year we're ending, but the year before. I guess it was what nineteen, mm-hmm. right? It's like I'm gonna go for a whole year, and I'm not gonna use. Um, it was more than forks. Um, it was forks and spoons, mm. forks, spoons, knives, like traditional classic flatware. Yeah. Um, the good thing about that is like there were a lot of tacos and burritos that got eaten. So that and was a good thing. you got good with chopsticks. And I'm really good with chopsticks. Well, I mean, I'm not like, well, I'm better with chopsticks than anybody. It's like I'm, I'm functional with chopsticks. That was You fine. are better with them than I am. Yeah. So, you know, questions that were asked about it at the time were, does that include when we're out to dinner? You know, from concerned partners who <laughs> might, might want to know if I'm going to be, uh, you know, Sitting at a seated plated yeah, dinner, seated, seated, which eating we, with your fingers, which we do so often. Um, 
but yeah, I eat with my hands, you know, half the time anyway for, I don't know if that's good habit or bad. I don't know. Um, so it was all of it and, um, it stuck. I did pretty good with it. Um, I don't think I ever really like forgotten. It's like, Oh no, I'm using a fork kind of thing. But, uh, I think it was to do a couple of things with the actually intention was about it. I mean, cause ultimately from the optics of it, I'm not going to, I'm going to go for a whole year without using a fork. Yeah. It is kind of stupid. I mean, it's like, it's, if you're doing it because you just want to see if you can, then we would hope for more depth in our self-investigation. But um, it was, I, I, I eat and I, I blame my household growing up for this really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, like really fast. It's like when I'm the first one done, I actually like intentionally slowed down and I'm still the first one done. So I just, I see really fast. And, you know, so chopsticks and giving up traditional flat merit, flatware I thought was a way to intentionalize the rate at which I eat. Um, what I noticed about that more than anything else is that I learned how to eat as quickly with chopsticks as I can with a fork. And so <laughs> it, it's like, no, I can polish this off in the same amount of time with chopsticks is not, I don't know if that worked or not, but um, I ultimately did want to have a more intimate's not the right word, a more um, interactive and intentional relationship with food, with mm-hmm. what I'm eating. And I thought if, if having to, put a little time and effort into how this will be consumed. Is this a non thing? Is this a, something that goes on a burrito? Is this really a chopstick situation? What is the right, um, what is the right way to approach this? Um, which really makes me have to think a little bit more about what I'm eating instead of just grabbing a bowl or whatever in a, in a fork and, and, and down shoveling the hatch. Yeah. And shoveling it in. And I remember it was not long after that intention was made. I think it was actually in January still or early February. Um, after this intention was made, we went to a Thai restaurant and I had a curry and it was like, oh, this is a, who would ever serve a curry this way? Because you can, I mean, a typical bowl or something like that, or, or a plate is fine, but it was like, it was this, it's like they, they had the entire curry served on a shallow plate. And I'm like, how am I supposed to eat this? So I'm like eating individual pieces of grains of rice out of the bowl of this. It's like, this is what, who would serve a curry this way? Uh, who would serve a curry this way? And of course, chopsticks not being Thai, you know, uh, was, so you get a weird, you get a weird look on your face from the restaurateurs when you ask for chopsticks in a Thai place. Right. Because everybody else is using a fork. Like an adult, you know, <laughs> sort of would. Uh, so that was, that was a challenge. Like, uh, and that, that was interesting though, to, to really, what do you do, right? When you want to have this relationship with food and what you're eating. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's really hard. What do you do? I got through it, but it was, it was, it took a little long. It, it achieved the purpose of taking longer. Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. And I did it. You know, it was. Were you the first one done at that particular? No, I was not. Yeah, I was not. See? I was there not. You. And there were only two of us. So it was easy, but yeah, it was uh, easy to, to judge that. But yeah, I was not the first one done. Um, and it was a great curry. Mm-hmm. It was, it was good. Um, and I think I, I pulled that one off. I mean, I went for a full year and. Mm-hmm. That I remember in January, it was like, oh, I need a fork. You know, it's like immediately went right back to, it, it didn't become one of those things that sort of sticks where it's like, I'm going to make this my lifestyle. No, I didn't. It's, mm-hmm. I have a weird relationship with spoons regularly, but a fork is fine. But I, I never really like spoons. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of the spoon. It's interesting because if... I had to give up one of the utensils. It would definitely be the fork. Oh, I'll never give up the fork. Yeah. Like, the spoon. 
I'm all about a spoon. Yeah, I don't know. I always think they're too big. Oh, well, there is that. Okay, so I don't enjoy a soup spoon. Yeah, they're too big. Um, And this is something Eric learned sort of, I think, early in our marriage. Like, he would give me a bowl of cereal with the larger spoon. No. 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 Absolutely not. No. Um, But, like, to him, a spoon is a spoon. He'll take any spoon in the drawer and eat any food item with it. Um, Hmm. But even, like, I can't, I can hardly eat pasta without a spoon. I mean. Really? Oh, yeah. Like spaghetti, you don't need it. Like, you need a fork and a spoon. Obviously. It's what you twirl in. Yeah, that's what you twirl in. Um, And I think I've twirled in it, but, you know, I don't like the spoon making the... I haven't had a bowl of cereal in a long time, but oatmeal, yeah. Make it thick enough, use a fork. Yeah, it's curious. A few years before then, I did the Go Vegan for a year. Yeah. That was 13. Yeah, 2013. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I did it successfully with one exception. Hmm. What was your exception? My exception was for our 10 year anniversary. We went to Paris ah. and I am not going to be vegan in Paris. In yeah. Paris. <laughs> it's like, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a steak dinner every night or anything like that, but I think a fair bit of cheese did make it in and some seafood and stuff. So, um, but I did that one too. You know, yeah. um, so that one, that one went, went pretty, went pretty well, but they were all, they sounded from the outward. It's like, I'm going to go vegan. I'm not going to use forks. Uh, with all of them, there was some intentionality behind yeah. them. You know, that was a little bit deeper than just the outward appearance yeah. of it. So there was a whole distillation within me for both of those that sort of came out as I'm going vegan when actually there was a whole check down of reasons why that was, that, that was going on in me yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think New Year's is one time that, like, I either give things up or I start new things. Um, I also, like, throughout my life at different phases have been a person who, like, who observes Lent. So I've given up a lot of random things around Lent. It's a similar kind of, like, thing in some ways. Um, So one year for Lent, I gave up chocolate. And then I gave it up for the full period of Lent and then I thought well why start back now why start back Um, yeah and um I think I remember (laughs) I I think I actually gave it up we went home and we went to a party uh that Nathan uh who was mentioned previously on this Mm -hmm. call who received the categories dice to the face um I saw him at a party and he had also given up chocolate, but for different, more F because of ethics. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then I was like, well, I've already done 40 days. What's, what's a year. Um, yeah, so I right. gave up chocolate right. for like over a year. I don't mm. even remember how I went back to eating it, but at some point there was some gateway chocolate. Yeah. That brought me back to it. Yeah. I remember after we got back from Paris, it's like, Oh, right back on the, on the vegan horse. And that was fine. But Come January, it's like I, I slowly eased some, a little bit of meat, not much, but some and, and some dairy back into my diet. And then by February, March, I was like on a meat bender. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I remember, what was it? Like, oh, it might have been yeah, what's going the beginning on of February, maybe. Um, 
it might have been February. I remember coming into your office and being you being like, "Hey, I have an idea. Let's give up dairy for a month." Yeah, and let's I was give like, up dairy. I gotta go. Yeah, See you later, no dairy sir. February. Yeah, no dairy February. I don't think I did. I, it might have been a week. That might have lasted about a week. Um, but of the of the New Year's resolutions I've made, because I've done the this year, I'm gonna run a marathon. Yeah, I did not run a marathon this year. I'm gonna, you know, bike a hundred. I didn't. You know, um, it's always been the resolutions of giving something up that yeah. I've succeed the ones I've succeeded on which it sounds like have been two uh we're giving up something not adding stuff because when mm. it comes to adding stuff it's like my days are already full yeah like I'm gonna start going to the gym no I'm not you know because that comes that that to go to the gym means I'm gonna have to not do something else and I'm already pretty pared down with cutting out the stuff that I don't want to do yeah well, I think one of the things that happens with, like, some of this New Year's resolution stuff, right? Like, the reason that the gym is packed in January and desolate in, desolate February, in February, right? Um, is I think a lot of mm-hmm. times we, when all of what you just said is <clears throat> completely accurate for a lot of people, I think. Like, taking things out of our life, sure, but adding something to a life, like, yeah. that actually requires some... That's tough. Some forethought, some planning, some strategy. And so, like, going from zero to marathon, like, there's some steps in between. There are, like, a lot of them. Right. Not not just 26 miles worth of them, like, a whole lot. How about I am going to explore what it would take (laughs) for this human to run a marathon, right? Yeah, I guess it's like, what 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 is the... What is the required time investment for the year that this resolution is going to take? And to run a marathon, it's not five hours. It's months right. of daily, weekly, if you're starting from scratch anyway, you know, daily, weekly stuff. And with that kind of resolution, it's like, I'm going to run a marathon. Uh, what if you succeed and you're done in June? Yeah. It's like, what What well, are you going to do for the next, you know, six six months? Are you just going to run another one? Or are, you, are you done? So what does the marathon signify for the person who says, My, I resolve to run a marathon this year? Like, what is that What is that signifying to that person? It's looking for accomplishment? Looking for, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It represents something. It, you, you can put a bumper sticker on your car and gain some, 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 some car cred. Right. You can yeah. put a little twenty six point two sticker on your car, which is great. You know, if if one have done, I, I did a half marathon. It's a long yeah. way. Um, I mean, growing up, like, um, I I have a lot of marathon related memories because my dad was a marathon runner. Um, I don't know when if I was I born, that. um, he was a marathon runner when my brother was born. My brother's middle name is Miles. Mm. Um, and like the story, though, I don't know if it's actually true. Like the story my mother tells is that right. um, his middle name is Miles because when my dad when he was born my dad was running many miles. Yeah, um, yeah. But like we would do like all the marathons, and I have all these memories of like being on the sidelines, like handing out like little cups of cups Gatorade. of water, yeah, from the water station. Right, but and so they were cool, and they were, you know, it was uh, quite the atmosphere. Yeah. Um. But it is it it is an interesting thing. Like, what is it in us that makes that a milestone that we need? 
in our lives. The marathon or the resolution in general, you think, or January 1st? Maybe either, right? Yeah, like, either one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because, I mean, and this is where we sort of started a while ago with this because, I mean, what's really different on January 1st that's not true on December 31st? Well, it is a new year. Um, if you're going to set an intention or, and make a commitment, it's not the worst time, I guess, to do it. Um, it's not like we have calendars sitting on our walls anymore that we're flipping things over to. Some of us. I think my office do. one is still on March. Yeah, March. Um, but yeah, the resolution. I mean, I think there's good ways to do it, and I think there's less healthy ways to do it. Um, I think there's there. I think there are productive ways to do it. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I love the word resolution. It's sort of taken on so much of a that's going to last a week sort of mythos, you know, resolutions are something to abandon, not something to, you know, to stick with. Um, But why wait? You know, if there's something you want to change about yourself as well. Mm -hmm. I I just just have a lot of questions about the resolution in general, having made so many of them. uh, And I think feeling that I've succeeded on some, but not, not others. I'm, I'm interested in the properties of the ones that stick. And if a listener right is thinking about making a resolution or has made one um i i hope they're doing it kindly mm-hmm. you know i hope they're doing it kindly and with an intention that is achievable and in ways that uh give them opportunities to learn and grow about themselves a little bit regardless of what it's for than not i mean ultimately the backstory to me going vegan was you know i was going to the doctor my cholesterol's creeping up you know and my and heart disease runs in my family so i mean i could have said i'm going to do things to make my cholesterol go down and that would have been fine you know but it's like what can i do well i'll go vegan and uh it wasn't too many months in that other stuff starts to creep in when you give up uh, animal products uh, I mean, what's what starts, and I've heard other people say this as well, what starts as a, for health reasons, ends as an ethical mm-hmm. consideration. Um, animals are cute, you know, and I don't want to, like, kill them and eat them. I'm, nothing should have to die for me to eat, you know, and I, I, I still sort of have those, those thoughts that, that creep in. And, I mean, we'll eat some fish when we're out or something like that, but we don't, there's not a lot of meat in the house on, on the daily you know, because, you know, my wife adopted that as well, you know, which was uh, interesting to see. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't, she fell into it pretty good too. Um, but it, ultimately, it's, it like I said before, it comes out as I'm going to go vegan, but it started as I need to get my cholesterol down because I don't want to die of a heart attack at 62. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you know, it's less destructive to the environment and nothing has to die for me to eat. I feel better about myself. I dropped 10 pounds accidentally just because I wasn't eating, you know, meat and dairy and at, at the amounts that I was. So you you have to put other stuff in your diet. You can be a horrible, you, you can be vegan with a horrible diet. Yeah, I mean, if you eat nothing but, yeah, food, yeah. Vegan, yeah. And yeah. a lot of the stuff that is the vegan version of something uh, has a lot of stuff in it that's like, I'm just going to eat vegan hot dogs and vegan corn dogs. It's like, that's not that great for you either, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, Eric and I were vegetarian for. Yeah. For a while, right? For a long time. Yeah. yeah. For a while. I remember. Um, and we actually ended up going back to eating meat. Um, just 
as a result of needing to listen to our bodies and yeah right um and and so like i i have dabbled back and forth with vegetarianism uh-huh. like over and over in my life because i would prefer not to eat meat yeah um yeah. but my body does not agree yeah yeah um so it's been like that's been like a really hard realization for me is like over and over I have given up meat and then um there are health things that manifest every time I do. Yeah. And when we're visiting some some relatives in in Missouri if you're vegan you're just not going to eat. You're hungry. You know, I, yeah. yeah, you're going to go hungry cuz uh the foods that are in the in the homes of our loved ones yeah, you know, that's, require I mean, a little leniency on that, or you're just not going to eat anything. Yeah, I and remember going to Lancaster, that, you know? Pennsylvania, as a vegetarian in 2016, and like everything was like, yeah, we we've got we've got vegetables. I mean, we put bacon in them. But put bacon. Yeah, in we've them, got yeah. vegetables. You're going to eat a 10 pound box of hard pretzels. Yeah, you yeah. Know, what you're gonna... <laughs> yeah. Um, root beer. The root, root beer. beer yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, but I I do think, you know, what you're talking about, like, there's a lot of truth to the fact that we have the external resolution or intention, but there's there's the the, the motive behind it is often what's really interesting. Yeah, it is. And so, I mean, the outward appearance of it can can be identical no matter how the inward motivation is is housed or couched. I just hope that people can take some time to make sure what's going on inside is kind. And I think in, in doing that, the expression of it could be kind and possibly more successful. Right. Um, and phrasing is everything with these. It is. And sometimes it's like um, paying attention to sometimes I think resolutions and even intentions are just really polite ways of shooting ourselves. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and I think that's one of the reasons for my approach with like one of the things that I try to do is to make sure that my resolutions are joy centered mm. because I think that, yeah, you know, right. there's enough in life that I can should myself about. Um, so for me, I think I need I need a New Year's resolution that's like about a fresh way to bring me joy. Yeah. Um, right. But that's not to say, like, so that's how I handle New Year's resolutions. Because I think, I mean, in some ways, I think they're arbitrary and stupid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do every month set new goals for the month. Right. Yeah. You were saying that before we started recording. Right. And I do that at a couple of different levels. One, um, the monthly planners that I use have uh-huh. space for um, specific intentions for the month. Um, and then I also, my friend Mike and I, we sit down every month and we chart out our goals for the month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this planner that I use has the same four areas for intention setting for every month. And it's like, there's six and it's, Spiritual health, physical health, money management, mm. personal life, key relationships, and then professional goals. Um, and so 
in those six categories, I establish intentions Mm -hmm. for every month. Um, And I find that a little healthier than a resolution. Um, Because in my mind, it's just like, it's about prioritizing. What do I want to prioritize this month? Right, right. Um, Not about what do I want to, you know self-flagellate over yeah what do you not like about yourself that you want to fix yeah 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 so what's behind uh what's behind i'm gonna go on a diet what's behind i'm gonna start going to the gym what's behind Uh, i'm gonna run a marathon or i'm gonna stop smoking or i'm gonna i mean all the ones that we sort of have well that's the thing is i think behind all of those is a assumption that there's something wrong with us hmm Right. Like at the end of the year, like and especially because of how New Year's parties tend to roll out. Right. So we gather together and we eat the pizza rolls and we drink too much. And then we say, oh, but on New Year's Day, I'm going to start being the better human. It's like one last night of debauchery before we're going to be the good saintly sense we're supposed to be i don't know but there's a level of ritualized self-hatred in this whole yeah there is you know if there wasn't you wouldn't be changing anything Mm -hmm. you know um within reason and um it it does it it, i think it it just doesn't sound like the worst idea it's like yeah you know what um my pants are getting a little tight. I'll lose 10 pounds. Yeah, you know, I probably ought to stop smoking. It's like, yeah, you know, a marathon would do me good. I mean, th- they sound innocent enough, you know. Um, could could the actual resolution itself be explicitly stated as what's behind the gym, the marathon, the, you know, South Beach diet, whatever it might be, the, the number on the scale, rather than... Um, I'm going to stop smoking this year. Um, I don't. So, I mean, it's not, um, this is um, hypothetical, you know. Um, I used to. I used to. Um, uh, this year I'm going to investigate what smoking is providing me that I'm not getting somewhere else. You know, this year I'm going to, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to come up with a good way to do one for, for, uh, for, for, losing 10 pounds this year i'm going to address my diet in a way that i'm getting what i need out of it and i'm not using it for for things that are other than nutrition and the enjoyment of of eating balanced mm-hmm. things i don't know i mean as i'm said there, there are ways i think that these can be phrased i don't want to call it spin because i think it's 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 true it's not a con job yeah you know but there are ways to do these things that have the appearance of what their traditional resolutions are, but are housed in ways that are healthy yeah. and meaningful and um, provide happiness yeah. and discovery and inquiry rather than reasons to, you know, judgment and, and and additional shame. Not only feeling like you need to do this thing for resolution, but that being yourself up for abandoning, abandoning it in a month and a half. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Last year in my Sherry self-care plan, um, one of the intentions that I wrote was say, uh, stay suspicious of sugar. Mm. Right. And I think that the way that's stated is different from give up sugar or don't eat sugar. 
it's a reminder of so i think you know paul you know i like sugar does not have positive impacts on me and right. i know that right. um right so i know that sugar um causes a kind of inflammation in my body that causes me to wake up with extreme pain in my hands what yep and um I find that when I am eating sugar, it is much more difficult for me to manage my anxiety. Mm. I know these things to be true. Um, And so for me, um, not eating sugar helps me to manage those issues, right? Mm -hmm. But telling myself, don't eat sugar, and then beating myself up because I eat sugar, that doesn't work so well. No, it doesn't work. Reminding myself to... You should be suspicious of sugar, right? Like it's a tricky little substance. It's it looks delicious, it tastes delicious, but it makes you feel like shit in the morning. Yeah, I always had a problem with breaking the seal. So on on stuff like that, with um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be suspicious of sugar or whatever it might be, or booze. That you know, next time I go to a party, I'm gonna have one drink. You know, and then it's like, and then you eat the small, modest piece of cake or you, you have the one drink and it's like, well, I already got one in me. Might as well take the rest of the night off. And it snowballs into complete abandonment. Well, so Gretchen Rubin has like this concept of like abstainers versus moderators, right? Yeah. So yeah. there are some people who can moderate and that that works very well for them. And then other people like, and it is easier for me, like it is much easier for me to say, I am not a person that eats chocolate. Yeah. Then, oh, I'll just have a piece of chocolate. That's fine. No, like it's, no, yeah. No, no, um, no. So for me, it's, yeah, like understanding this, the moderation ability is key. Yeah, um, Rich Roll talks about this with, um, I'm not saying anything that people don't already know. If you investigate, you know, he he's in recovery. Right, right. Um, and has been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, his, and, and he has since, you know, gone vegan and done this whole life change that he wrote about in his book, uh, finding ultra. And, uh, he, he's, he's like the way that he is, he understands himself. He's put a lot of time and energy in understanding himself. He needs very, very clear, absolute rules that he can live by. And he's fine. He tried so many times to give up alcohol right because it's like i'm gonna drink less and it's like no that doesn't work it's like zero Mm -hmm. it needs to be zero or (laughs) it's gonna be a problem um and and you know his diet was the same way he was a you know two cheeseburger a day kind of guy he writes about in in his book and it's like the only way for me to eat less cheese is to eat none the only way for me to eat less meat is to eat none and it's like he's as I used to say about myself, a simple man with simple rules that are absolute and clear, and uh, and that's and that's him knowing himself. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, himself. it's. Um, yeah, I think knowing yourself is definitely. Boy, what if that was everybody's intention? Yeah, I know. This year I'm going to do what I can to know myself a little bit more. Yeah, and his intentions were, you know, he had a scare when he was carrying his daughter up to up the stairs to to bed. And it's like he felt like he was going to have a heart attack. And it's like, I don't want to, I want to be here for my kids, you know? And so everything that he did after that was for that reason. Yeah. 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 You know. 
Me, I just like to wake up with working hands. Yeah, that's good too. You know, you know. I like salt. I like salt a lot, you know. Um, and that contributes to hypertension. It contributes to all, you know. So it's like I could just, I'm just not going to eat much salt or I'm going to eat less salt this year. It's like, well, maybe I just pay attention to pay attention to my health a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes nothing in terms of having to carve time out of my day to do anything about it. Just being a little more thoughtful at the grocery store. It just means, you know, this and that. And if you want to take a day off, take a day off, right? Or don't, you know, depending on how you how you roll with your ability to, to regulate yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I would I would caution against making resolutions that you know you're not going to keep. Um, and approaching that with kindness. What, what is it about me that makes me want to make this resolution to begin with? Mm-hmm. Let's unpack that. And then um, we can spend a month or two doing that. And then come the end of January Jan- or the end of February, we can do a or a spring solstice. What is my resolution for the spring, having investigated the basis of it in the winter? Mm-hmm. You do stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think carving in, you know, instead of putting as much like make it or break it pressure on New Year's Eve, like planning for regular check ins, like, you know. Maybe just on the equinox and the solstices, we check in with ourselves and see yeah. what are we taking with us, what are we leaving behind. And you know, the, with the weight loss stuff, I mean, you, you're giving so much, you're giving so much power to your to the scale to tell you whether you're a success or a failure. You know, it's like uh, no piece of equipment should have that much power. Yeah. Every all of this is being boiled down to a number on a on a thing you step on every once in a while. I don't love that either. Right. Yeah. Well, that's always been like, you know, the way that that number gets prioritized over like things like, you know, when you go to the doctor and you get a full report on the blood work or Everything, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, I think health is a more complicated uh, equation than, you know, how well we do on the scale test. Right. Right. And I mean, when it comes to our health, so often um, we we have the resolution resolutions we do and the intentions we do because they can be measured. Mm-hmm. You know why? It's like, why is it always I'm going to lose 10 pounds? It's like because the scale is right there. You can it tells you whether or not you did or not. Yeah. You know, uh, you can you, you can you can lose three belt loop sizes and still not lose 10 pounds, depending on how you're yeah redistributing weight. So it's like mm, it, well, but you can measure it. And so it gets. Yeah. Prioritized well, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I do think that the things we can, th- there's a way in which we can, we gamify our goals, right? Like, you know, like I, I have an Apple watch. I understand Paul would never wear an Apple watch. <laughs> um, and my Apple watch will tell me, like I dragged my friend out on an eight mile walk the other day. Right. And right. so my Apple Watch told you know, gives me lots of credit for that and that feels yeah. good, you know. Congratulations, you walked uh, today. Yeah, exactly. Um so, you know, sometimes I think little things like that do help me stay intentional. They help me check in on myself. And you know, and we've talked about these little tools we use on this podcast before. Um, yeah. Right. You know, I think they're great if they're a way to help us be mindful. I think they're bad if they're a new way to shame ourselves. Right. Like, don't we have enough ways of beating ourselves up? Yeah, I stopped wearing my Fitbit, you know, just because 
some days I would knock it out of the park. I mean, I used to volunteer at a convention. You know, there'd be days during during those times when, you know, I'd have 26,000 steps in one day. And it's yeah. like, no wonder, exhausted. And other days it was like 2,500. And then after after a couple of, of consecutive days of not hitting 10,000, you know, you fuff, you pull up the app or whatever, and it suggests you know maybe readjust this down a little bit to something that it's like what the hell's the point of that? It's like I'm either so it's like you know what I don't need to, and I found the ability of it to track uh, how much sleep I was getting a night to be a little bit freaky because mm. it's like wow that, uh, this is yeah. this is this many times and for this long you were light sleeping instead of heavy sleeping. It's like you get this from a watch. What? See, I love that. A little freaky. Of the data on, like, oh, I love me some Sherry data. Like, it's the best. Like, yeah, and I don't, I don't think it's getting piped off to Homeland Security, but in mind, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not thinking it's a conspiracy or anything, but it's just like, yeah, I just. Well, twenty three uh, and me already has your DNA, right? Yeah, like, they do. So. Yeah, they do. But I mean, this one coming up, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a gluten free situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking about going gluten free, and I've, I've been doing it now for about a week and a half, I guess, two weeks. I'm, I'm close in on that. And not much has made it in, if if any that I can really think of. But you know, twenty three and me, I have one of the one of the celiac genes, you yep. know. And you know, every once in a while, I either uh, recognize, appreciate, or feel like I have or make up some of the other <laughs> some of the other symptoms of it. You know, it's like I don't know, is that do I see? Because I I don't know if I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac or not. But it doesn't take a lot of imagination for me to think that I do. I think um, I think a lot of bread as it manifests in our country is not good for most humans. No, it's not. No, it's celiacs not. or no. No, it's um, not. Because that's the other side of like um, you know my sugar equation is most like pastries and bread products in this country are sugar snacks. Yeah, they are. Right, like that's not bread. That's sugar. Um, so it's amazing to me how many people uh, live a much healthier life gluten-free. I've heard that from other people that really do have yeah. fibromyalgia or, you know, some other confirmed yep. stuff. It's like you feel great. Uh, migraines, yep. you know, um, a lot of people, gluten is a migraine trigger. Yeah. quite a few folks and i yeah. get them and so do you you know and um, i'm interested to see how that goes yeah yeah i mean for almost a year i was not eating sugar or in almost any carbs right like and basically it just and this is one of the reasons i ate meat again because, right. right you know uh rebalancing the equation there but uh i felt better than i think i have in my entire life yeah um right. and so i I think that's one of the reasons, like, just paying attention and getting to know who, like, listen to your body. It's pretty smart at telling you what yeah. it needs. Yeah. And it's also pretty smart at telling you, hey, this thing you just did to me, it sucks. And I'm going to tell you all about it. Yeah. 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 And part of it is already, I mean, I lost a belt size over the last couple of weeks. And part of me is like, I gave up gluten and I'm losing weight. It's like, no, I gave up beer and I'm losing. <laughs> and I didn't eat half a baguette yesterday, you know, so it's like I, I didn't stand over the sink with a bowl of pasta at 1030 at night. You know, it's like maybe it's that. It might not be the gluten thing. It might just be empty calories at this point that's, oh, that I'm still yeah. enjoying. So, yeah, there it yeah. is. 
It's interesting, but no matter what our or our listeners' intentions are, I hope that they are kind. I do too. That's what I. That is what I hope for. And there's a there's opportunity here, no matter what those resolutions are, um, to uh, use them if you make them to bring some awareness to yourself and to do a little investigation on who and what and why these resolutions are what they are, and an opportunity for you to you know, do some stuff that, that matters, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what's something I intend to do in 2021? What's that? Continue to press the button on our podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something else I intend to continue in 2021, Sherry, is uh, offering some of these awesome workshops that we're, yeah. that we're doing, that we're doing. So we got one coming up. On, we just finished uh, t- tomorrow's last day of, of the first one. Well, it's yep. not technically the first one, the one we're currently doing, uh, the 40 day holiday survival guide. It's the first one that we wrote all original content for. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, our, all of our participants survived the holiday. I'm happy to say it worked. It did. And uh, it sounded like. Uh... They really got things out of the survival experience. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. So we're hearing some good positive feedback from folks on on that and how that went. So if you are one of those participants, or if you were at this point one of these participants, thank you so much for entrusting mm-hmm. your holidays uh, to Sherry and I as uh, as partial partial caretakers Indeed. in that. And I hope you got everything you wanted out of it. And if you weren't one of those people, but you want uh, some fun strategies on how to start your year off in a way that is kind to yourselves, uh, on our Patreon page now, the second Mm -hmm. tier and the third tier uh, now come with free, well, (laughs) paid, I guess. Free free for Um, this low price. If you... If you uh, support us at those levels, uh, you actually get access to the PDFs that we produced, which is right. over 250 pages of yeah, Paul and Sherry content. Yeah, it's a lot of content. Um, it is. It was really, really a lot of fun to write that with you. Yeah, it was great. Um, um, yeah, I printed it out at the Kinko's uh, today. And when the woman brought the box over, thunk. like, yeah, and yeah. thunked it down, I was like, did we? Oh, my gosh. And like I like opened the box up and was looking at it and I was looking at her and she was like dead eyed like because yeah. she sees materials every day. And I'm just yeah. like, you don't understand. This is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, we got another one coming up. So on uh, beginning on January 31st, we're doing the Divine Abodes. Indeed we AKA are. Six the more Brahma weeks Vahars. of excitement. Six weeks of excitement on cultivating states of being uh, that are that are godlike. Loving kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. Um, so there's a full description about that on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes that you can click on to get to that. Same low, low price as the 40-day one. Uh, you get a Zoom call once a week. Uh, I mean, you get the, the group Zoom call. You get original content. You get workbook. You get all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Yeah. It comes with good community. I mean, that's one of the things that I yeah. feel like I keep discovering in all the workshops we do. Uh, the humans that show up and how they show up for each other is, I think, one of the one of my favorite things about the spaces that we get to hold. Yeah, and that's one of the things that came up more than just about anything else in our last uh, in our final, you know, Zoom group meeting with our our forty day participants was you know just cultivating a community like this is 
an unexpectedly profound yeah. outcome uh, yeah. outcome of it. So yeah, let's do it so again. So if your intention yeah. is to be less solo this uh, fine new year, you know, here's a way. Perhaps, perhaps you should join us. Perhaps, yeah. We got a few more cooking that we're not going to quite talk about yet. Still working out the we dates. Do. It's going to uh, be exciting year though. Yeah, it's going to be some good stuff. So there's there's going to be quite a few that we pop out. So cool, cool, awesome. Well, thank you, Sherry. Yeah. It's wonderful to be back. Happy New Year. I'll say it anyway, even though we're not quite there for us, but we are for when this goes out. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. And uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, cool. It's good to be back on the microphone. Good to be back on the mic. Cool. Awesome. I'll see you later. All right. Bye. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a podcast. Paul and Sherry podcast, yes. Yes.